from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. So back in our 100th episode in December, we received a bunch of questions, topics, comments from you listeners, and one of them couldn't be addressed in that episode. So we're dedicating a whole mini episode to it. Hey! Hello! Kaylee from Washington, D.C., hey! She said that she wanted to revisit some of the past historical tellings that I've done Ooh. on the show. Oh! So Wait, is Kaylee real? Is she? <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly let's, so. Let's track that email address. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, it says hmm. sent by e This is very suspicious. It's like, yeah, a listener just wants to hear all about Emmanuel and his opinions about history. <laughs> so the surprising thing about me doing all these history segments is that I didn't love history back in high school. No, that's really I actually me. hated it because they were presenting the wrong kinds of facts. This is why I, I strongly believe that you need to go back. as like, You should be a high school like history substitute teacher. You just get called and go in every once in, yeah. once in a while. And then you every just, other Friday, and I'll yeah. be like, You teach your own so curriculum. Listen to this. I was more envisioning some kind of 21 Jump Street situation for Ooh. you. Whatever. I'm available. <laughs> I don't have a manager, but if I did, you could call him. You could or contact her. him. So, yeah, history class, a bunch of white dudes in powdered wigs bickering. Mm. Not for me. I don't really care about that. No. So, I've been telling historical tales that are more interesting than that. And we're going to hear some of those today. First up, is a story about a married woman from the early 1900s who hid a secret lover in her oh, attic right above her husband's head for more than a decade. And the story just gets weirder from there. Yeah, It's really good. I ended up writing a full article about it, and half a million people read it. It kind of broke yeah. the internet. I'm still wowed by that number. It's crazy. So you can't deny the scandal that is Walberga. So without further ado, here's her story. So the story I have for you today. Oh, this is one of your mad jaunts down memory lane, isn't it? Oh my gosh. In 1830, this happened. Actually, it's early 1900s, but yeah, it's a bit old. I found it on Atlas Obscura, a blog. Sounds made up. It is about this woman named Walburga. Take that in. Walburga. Her nickname is Dolly. All women's nicknames were Dolly in the (laughs) 30s. Come on. Exactly. So Walburga slash Dolly. Mark Walburga. <laughs> yes. Or Donnie. I think there is a relation there. She was born in Germany and then emigrated to America uh-huh. and grew up on some poor farm. By the time Walburga Dolly turns 30. Which is like ancient in 1930s terms, yeah. right? She might as well hang it's it up. It's been <laughs> They're just like, woof, where's your husband? She was like, hey, found him. His name is Fred Osterreich. Osterreich. Yeah, scary. He's Austrian, doesn't it? Maybe. I don't know. He's filthy rich. So good Ooh. going, Walberga. Sehr rich. Do you know what he does for a living? I think he farms sheep. He owns an apron factory. No. A factory that makes aprons. Just aprons. Which is apparently a lucrative business because he was like a millionaire or something. So she marries this guy. She soon finds out that money can't buy you class, to quote the Countess Luann from The Real Housewives. <laughs> But it also can't buy you happiness either because Moneybags was a crazy drunk. Oh, no. So Dolly becomes very lonely and sexually unsatisfied. 
Not good. She no. Would, she wanted to write her lemonade, but she wasn't musical, I guess. So aye, she aye. did something different. Uh-oh. In 1913, her husband sends a 17-year-old boy named Otto over to the house because Dolly said her sewing machine is broken. Well, and that was not a euphemism. It could count as one when you hear the rest of this. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, where do you find these stories? I know. So it's 1913. I thought yeah. it was the 30s. We'll get to the 30s because this is decades-long saga. Whoa. Yeah. Long con. Whew. Long con. Lay it on me. And con for convict. Spoiler. <laughs> TLDR. Yeah. So this guy shows up to her house. Otto. Yeah. It was also German, it sounds like. Everyone in the Midwest in the apparently was from Austria and Germany. Like, what? I didn't know. Neither did I. Did I did not know. So Dolly opens the door in nothing but a robe and stockings. <gasps> yes. Dolly? Yes, she took it there. She was like, you know what? He's always drunk. He does not please me. There's a boy coming. We'll see what we can do with that. Alice Klar. So he never fixed the sewing machine, oh. but he fixed something else. Oh, for goodness If you know what I mean. Sake. And I think you do. I think I do. <laughs> so Otto was into it, obviously. They start having an affair. <laughs> they would meet in hotels, but that's expensive and inconvenient. So don't you want to just stay in your house slippers and, you know... House call? I don't want to go to the extended stay value America or whatever it's called. Nope. So they said, F it. And they started banging in her real bed <laughs> that she shares with her husband. The neighbors began to talk by seeing him coming and going. And she starts saying that he is her, quote, vagabond half-brother. Oh. Weird. Very weird. So they were talking a lot of smack and she was like, okay, I need to hatch a plan. So she approached Otto with a proposition. It went something like this. Hey, boo. <laughs> I think she used boo in those days. Want to live in my attic? My ball and chain never goes up there. We can have sex whenevs. And my neighbors can go back to talking about some other lady on the street. Oh, by the way, you won't ever be able to leave the house and you'll only see me for the next decade. This is psychotic. It is. And so normally someone would say no to that. No, nine. Otto was like, sign me up. Where do I sign? Let's <laughs> Where do, do I this. sign? Is this the way up? Okay, great. I'll see you when I see you. What were Otto's circumstances? He's 17. He's making his way in the world. He's fixing sewing machines and ladies. Yeah. He worked in her husband's factory. The apron factory. Yeah. So he quit his job there and then moved into this attic, never to come down because he's hiding. <laughs> Why are you telling me this? <laughs> it gets so much crazier. So this went on for five years. Oh, my God. And then her husband starts to think he's losing his mind or something. Because he can hear footsteps. He hears footsteps. He sees shadows under his door. His cigars are missing. That's really creepy. From his point of view, it's a ghost story. Yeah. And so he's like, I want to move to L.A. and get away from this haunted, miserable place. The amount of times I've said that. He's like, I want to move to L.A. And Dolly says, I'm only moving if our next house has an attic. No. He says, oh, totally. We'll set it up. She figures out the address, sends Otto before they even move in. And he's set up chilling in their attic before they even get there. This woman has zero <laughs> chill. Zero chill, but making it work. Sit hustling. I respect the hustle. Respect it now because things get dark very soon. Oh, God. When they're in L.A., Dolly's relationship with her husband starts to deteriorate more. Oh, because it was drinking so more. Yeah. yeah. And on August 22nd, 1922, they get into a crazy fight. He sounds really heated, so much so that Attic Dweller hears... And fears for Dolly's life. And so he comes out of his hiding hole, takes two weapons, and kills the husband. Oh, God. Then they're like, what do we do? It's not a perfect murder. I'll this say is that. bad. Yeah. 
So they're like, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll take one of his diamond watches away so that it seems like it's a home invasion. We'll like mess some things up. And then Otto locks Dolly in a closet and leaves the key in it. Like there's no way she could have done it. So he goes back up to the attic. Cops come. They're like, I mean, looks legit. You inherit millions. Go on your way, widow. That's all. Can we check the attic? No? Okay, we'll yeah. be on our way. Mm-mm. So why has a film not been made of this? Maybe it's up to us. I will play the part of Otto, the strapping young 17-year-old apron <laughs> merchant. I want to be the like loser cop who didn't realize what was happening. <laughs> like the schlubby guy like yeah. throwing like, uh, 1913 donuts at Yeah, just like so lazy. Like, eh. I guess I don't have to, like, search the perimeter or anything. Yeah. Oh, you could be, like, one of those horrible cops in uh, in the Angelina Jolie film, Changeling, which is also set in early 20th century L.A. Whoa. Yeah. Maybe her Changeling missing son was Otto, and he was just in an attic, and she didn't know where he was. Changeling 2. As if this story isn't weird enough. At this point, he's dead. They can live together in the house and not in the attic. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's Carry good. on. Yeah. But they don't carry on. Otto goes back to live in the attic in secret. Dolly starts dating around. Otto probably doesn't know how to live anywhere else but an attic at this point. Yeah. He also said later that he was, quote, her sex slave. And he was imprisoned by his love for her. So he was consenting, but in this bizarre submission domination vibe. In this kind of, like, weird Stockholm syndrome kind of way. Maybe some of that, too. So she starts dating and she starts dating her lawyer, which it's a little too close to home. Like he knows all the intricacies of yeah, the case. That's not good. She gives him the diamond watch that went missing because the robbers took it. And Dolly. he's like, "Uh, this is the watch. What's up? And she's like, oh, I found it under a couch cushion. I didn't think it was a big deal to mention to the cops. So he just like lets that go for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Idiots all over the place. And then she gave a different boyfriend the murder weapon. So he could go to the La Brea tar pits and throw it in. She's a sicko. So after breaking up, gun disposer boyfriend tells all to the cops. So the jig was up, right? Yep. And she goes to jail. Yep. No, she doesn't go to jail. (laughs) (laughs) She got off because of one small detail. Off on a technicality, the classic mistake. How would Dolly have locked herself in the closet? Wait, they don't know about Otto. Exactly. So no one knows. So they're like, we have to let her off. There's no way. Hands are tied. My hands are tied. That's what the judge is saying. Yeah. So the lawyer boyfriend that she gave the watch to was thoroughly creeped out, but not so thoroughly because he stuck around. (laughs) During the hearings when she thought she was going to jail, she said, um hey, can you make sure to feed my vagabond half-brother who's in the attic? No. He goes up there, meets Otto. Otto hasn't talked to another man in a decade. Lawyer boyfriend is like, get out of here. Otto goes to Canada. Many years later, the lawyer and Dolly finally break up in a really messy way. The lawyer goes to the cops and says, hey, Otto was a thing. He probably put her in the closet. They killed him, whatever. Otto, unfortunately, has terrible timing and just moved back to L.A. Oh, Otto. So they're both arrested and they both go to jail. And while in jail, she arranges to have him kept in a tiny attic (laughs) in the cell. Except they don't go to jail. Oh! Because of another small technicality. These guys are the worst. Statute of limitations, seven years. It had been eight. So they both get off. And Dolly marries again. Lives out her life with this guy for the next 30 years. Love and life. Yeah. And Otto disappears because the media was just like obsessed with the story and they called him. Oh, I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) 
They called him the Batman of Los Angeles. And he thought he would just be like a romantic hero. Like, I did it for my love for her. And people were more freaked out. Yeah. And someone said he was a, quote, perjurer of his own soul. Oh, my God. Damn. So In Otto's defense, though, 17 is young to start all these shenanigans. Yeah, I agree. Couldn't tie my own shoelaces at 17. Ooh, so next time you see like a scandal that we care about for like one day, like Black China did blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Think about Dolly. She was doing it up Us Weekly style. She would have been all the pages of Us Weekly. This story is insane. And it's my obligatory news story of the week. Who is going to play Dolly in the film of her life? Hmm. Hmm. Who's in control of her life? <laughs> I could see Charlize Theron doing it because yes. I've seen a photo of this woman. It's like a monster element. Oh, like oh. Not, not that much, yeah. but like she would have to transform a little bit. She's good at that. She can do that. Yeah. I've got Otto. Who? Zach Efron. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Contact yes. us now. We're going to be executive producers, by the way. Seriously. We want our credit. <laughs> Another piece that got love from quite a bit of people. Quarter of a million. Whoa. Yes. Someone's been in Google Analytics this week. I have. I just wanted to make sure, did people actually like these things? (laughs) They did. This was a collection of weird facts that I gathered of the U.S. presidents. Like, did you know one of our presidents was murdered by cherries? Ooh. Or that another vandalized Shakespeare's property? Not cool. Or that a president's cursing parrot was kicked out of a funeral? So believe all of it. Here are all the weird facts that your history teacher really should have taught you. So we'll start with presidents. Okay. Lay the history on me. I have so much history for you guys. Wait, why are we talking about presidents? I don't know if you knew this, but President's Day was a couple days ago. We've been celebrating presidents. Some are better than others. Some facts about them are better than others. So I'm not going to hit every president because some are boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I got some, some good stuff for you. Ooh, okay. Let, let's start at the top. George Washington. Okay, oh, yes, wonderful. Yes. Makes me want to chop down a cherry tree or something. My fact about George Washington is that his teeth are often said to have been wooden. Mm-hmm. They oh. weren't. They were made out of gold. What? Ooh, ooh la la. Oh my gosh, what a baller. He had a grill? <laughs> yes. George Washington had a grill. The okay. first <laughs> national grill. Also, ivory. Rude. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Lead. Ew. Ew. And animal teeth. Oh, what, like a lion's yeah, fangs? Yeah, or, or like a jackal's little nubbins. I don't know. But moving on, mm-hmm. second and third presidents, John Adams and Jefferson. So they were kind of buddies. They even went to visit Shakespeare's hometown. Oh, Stratford-upon-Avon. That's what it's called. <laughs> Lovely place. <laughs> yes, that one. And they were on this trip having so much fun that they took out a knife and chipped off a piece from <gasps> Shakespeare's chair as a souvenir. Ooh. Rude. It gets ruder, though. Then they start bickering. So they're like Justin and JC from NSYNC. Like, they're friends, but they actually are competitors. So what they've done is they're friends who decide to go on a trip together without checking that they're travel compatible. Mm, They're they're frenemies? Always check. So, yeah, they shouldn't have gone on a trip because it led to John Adams saying this about Jefferson if he was elected, quote, murder, robbery, rape. Adultery and incest will be openly taught and practiced. And that wasn't a good thing. Yeah, where's that class? I'm like, <laughs> sounds like the rhetoric that's being uh, bandied around in, in modern day times. Mm, it all comes back. So they, you know, no longer were friends. And then they end up dying on the same day. Oh, uh, awkward. And that day was July 4th. <gasps> what? What? That's crazy. And Adam's last words were, Thomas Jefferson survives, 
but he was actually dead already. He just didn't know that. Oh. So anyway, those two are connected as frenemies for life. Oh. <laughs> I'm loving these facts. Are you guys enjoying your swivel chairs? I am. Yeah. Well, Thomas Jefferson invented that. <gasps> Can I just point out that I thought you were actually stopping recording and saying, how's your chair? Are you comfortable? <laughs> <laughs> Which is why my response was like, yeah. He's, he's so checking liquid. in on you. He was just checking in. Mm-hmm. Moving on. John Quincy Adams, son of John Adams of Thomas Jefferson frenemy fame, Mm -hmm. (laughs) became the sixth president down the line. Nepotism. We already talked about that last week. Yeah, it's a Gwyneth Paltrow situation. Goop.com. And if he was an editor on Goop.com, he would have written an article about how great it is to wake up early in the morning and skinny dip in the Potomac. Mm. And if you look up a photo of John Quincy Adams... Not a good visual. Oh, so he was not trained by celebrity trainer Tracy Anderson. I guess not. (laughs) Not everyone can afford her. That's all I'll say. Our seventh president, Andrew Jackson, taught his parrot how to curse, which is all fun and games until the parrot attends your funeral and won't (gasps) stop cursing and has to be taken out. Escort the parrot out of the funeral? Mm -hmm. What kind of funeral was it that the parrot was invited (laughs) Was it wearing black? The parrot wants to pay its respects and like say a few words. Have a little veil on. He's got a few things to say. Get off his chest. Our 12th president, President Taylor, was hanging out on the grounds where the Washington Monument is right now, just like chilling on 4th of July. Mm -hmm. And he gulped down a large quantity of cherries and iced milk and then died. Oh, God. And people think that it was probably bacteria on the cherries or in the milk or something like that. But yeah, he died a few days days later. Because until the death thing, that also sounded like a delicious raw recipe on (laughs) goop.com. Stop plugging her website. (laughs) That's her milkshake recipe. (laughs) Going back to birds, Ulysses S. Grant's presidential inauguration, there were canaries that were supposed to sing at the inaugural ball. But they all started swearing. No, they didn't swear. They froze to death. It was so cold. (laughs) Like, I I guess I could imagine what one bird would sound like, but I don't know what the coordinated chorus of canaries would sound I'm just kind of imagining like a Disney kind of... Oh, very Snow White kind of thing. In the forest. That's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Practice. Speaking of beautiful things. Oh. (laughs) Abraham Lincoln. Oh. You love Abraham Lincoln. And just for the listeners at home, Emmanuel has... A framed photo. I was about to say a signed photo. (laughs) That would be wrong and incorrect and impossible. He has a framed photograph of Abraham Lincoln on his desk that I believe someone has actually graffitied. Mm -hmm. Yes. Someone wrote on it, hey girl. I love, that's my favorite part of the picture. But girl is spelt with a U. Yes. It's girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's thanks to Kristen Farr who Mm -hmm. gifted me the framed photo with that little caption. So Abe Lincoln is hot and we all know this. Yeah. He was really tall. We all know this. Did you know that he was a wrestler? Huh? No. And he was defeated only once out of approximately 300 matches. Wow. I'm trying to imagine him wrestling. So wait. It's a sexy picture. Daniel Day-Lewis has played Abraham Lincoln as an old man. So therefore, am I permitted to imagine young Abraham Lincoln as a young Daniel Day-Lewis wrestling 300 times? Permitted. Great. I'll just go and take the rest of the podcast off. Thanks very much. You've got the visuals. He also, in addition to being a tall drink of water, he also served tall drinks as a bartender. Oh. He was a hipster. Wrestler, bartender. With the beard? The beard and the hat, just style for days. So from the 
sexy to the least sexy thing mm-hmm. I've read in a long time. Uh-oh. Grover Cleveland had this law partner, Oscar Folsom. Well, they were all Sesame Street characters. <laughs> <laughs> Grover and Oscar, yeah. So his law partner dies, and Grover Cleveland is like, oh, I'm going to be the legal guardian to his orphan child. Natural. Okay. This 11-year-old girl, Frances Folsom. That's nice. Yeah, it's lovely. And it should have ended there. Right. Oh, no. Instead. Don't come on. Ten years later, he married her. Mm. Oh, no. After helping raise her. No. And she was the youngest first lady ever at the age of 21. Oh. So, ew. The most despised president ever apparently was this man named John Tyler. He was expelled from his own party. (laughs) His entire cabinet resigned, except for one person. And he was quoted as being a, quote, Poor, miserable, despised, imbecile. Oh, wait, how did he even get elected then? Someone died or something. Oh, Mm. and President Lincoln, when he died, didn't issue a proclamation mourning and flags were not put at half mast. And his obituary in The New York Times said this about him, quote, the most unpopular public man that had ever held any office in the United States. Oh, my God. Jeez. (laughs) So they're just pissing all over his grave. Super shady. James Garfield, our 20th president. Oh, the cat guy. Exactly. He loves lasagna. Um, he was shot, unfortunately. Oh, oh. And I feel bad about the cat. Thing. The doctors back then didn't know what the hell they were doing. And so they tried to use this metal detector, newly invented by Andrew Graham Bell, to find the bullets Ooh. so they could take them out. Oh, no. But the bed springs were setting it off. And so they kept cutting into him in oh the wrong places. Oh, my gosh. That's and they also were like putting their fingers in his wounds and stuff and all the bacteria went in there and then he died from what the doctors did trying to help him. Oh. Is this a good point to insert my amazing historical medical fact about how they used to try and get tapeworms out of people in Victorian times? Yeah. They built a tiny little compartment, almost like a little locket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they would put it on the end of a chain and it would have a little door in it. So they'd put it down someone's throat in the hope that the tapeworm... Just open the door. Yeah, would be like, oh, the elevator's here and get in it. Are you serious? Was there bait in there? Yes. Like what? And then they would try to yank the little elevator back up. Okay, so how do you know if the tapeworm went in? I think they killed everyone involved with these (laughs) things and never got that far. And also, if it does work, a tapeworm is coming out of your mouth. Yes. That used to be in your bowels or whatever. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm. Glad we live in 2016. So the 25th president, President McKinley, wore a red carnation always. And it was like his lucky charm when he was trying to get elected. And then one day he was at this world fair and this little girl is brought up and he's like, oh, here's my carnation. And then a couple of people later, his assassin shoots him because he didn't have his lucky carnation. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say the assassin targeted the person who was now wearing the carnation. Whoa. Yeah. That would have been a twist. But it didn't happen. <laughs> no, that girl ended up growing up into a old lady giving her story to some newspaper. Mm. Like in Titanic. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt also mm-hmm. shot. There's a lot of shooting happening. But Epidemic. he didn't die. And he said this. He was giving a speech when this happened. And he says, I don't know whether you fully understand that I have just been shot. I give you my word. I do not care a rap about being shot. Not a rap. Oh, not a rap. He's a rider. So and, there was a lot of shots being fired. This yes. is the original meaning of shots fired. <laughs> yes. <Back laughs> the historical meaning of shots fired. <laughs> he went on to finish the hour and a half speech with a bullet lodged in his chest. Oh. I can't even 
contemplate working when I'm hungover. That is the ultimate like clapback for the haters right there. Yeah, <laughs> you shoot me, and I'm just going to do a speech with the bullet in my body. You just know that he reminded people of that for a long time afterwards. How can you not? I would ride on that for a while. I would. Calvin Coolidge had a morning ritual where he ate breakfast while someone rubbed Vaseline on his head. Oh, <laughs> that's very coming to America. Who hasn't indulged in that practice once in a while? President Hoover would request that servants would jump into closets and hide when he would come around. And if you didn't and he saw you, he would fire you. Oh. John F. Kennedy Mm -hmm. had a dad who went to Harvard and he was trying to get into school as well. And his father wrote him the most lackluster recommendation ever. Jack was, quote, careless and lacks application. Ouch. If your own dad's saying that. Thanks, Dad. But he didn't give him a great recommendation, but he did give him a million dollars when he turned 21. Oh, it makes up for it. And JFK was quoted as saying to the British prime minister, quote, if I don't have a woman for three days, I get terrible headaches, unquote. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Poor Jackie. That's ridiculous. Just to return to the uh, lackluster reference, a friend of mine did actually have that happen to her where as part of a long-term revenge scheme, a colleague offered to write her reference for her next job, and when she was asked to do so, completely sabotaged her with a terrible reference. What? Yeah. How long? True story. I long wonder term how long she was scheme. thinking about that. I, I don't like to think just, about just it. Just unpack the layers, right? If you offer, that means that you have to hang around this person and keep up exactly. with, the, with this idea that how you like How Machiavellian do you other? have to be to come up with that? Sounds yeah. like something John Adams would do to Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> 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 President Reagan consulted with an astrologer, Joan Quigley, before scheduling any big event. Apparently, it wasn't in the stars to ever mention AIDS or HIV during his presidency. Hmm. Well, if there's one thing I want from the man with his finger on the nuclear button, it's superstition. This <laughs> magic eight ball right next to the, <laughs> exactly. to, the, to the button. George Bush Sr. inspired a word in Japanese, bushu suro. Which means? Which means to do the Bush thing, which means... <laughs> Publicly vomiting on someone. No. Where did you get that from? Because Bush puked on the Japanese prime minister in 1992. I didn't know that. Have you not seen this video? No. All you remember is a big thing because there was a whole, they were were talking about whether or not he was poisoned or something like that. I remember people being really freaked out. Wait, he yummed all over the Japanese prime minister. You can watch the video. He just like looks like he's about to fall. No. No. Are you trying to set me up? This is real life. This is real life. (laughs) And Barbara Bush comes over and like tries to put a napkin over him and then it just like shoots out and then he collapses and pukes everywhere i've never heard this story yeah this okay. happened and that's why the japanese have a word to commemorate can that. we say the word again what is it bushu suro bushu suro okay. to bush all over someone mm-hmm. <laughs> and last two quick facts bill clinton has two grammys what george w bush lead cheerleader boom mic drop I hope that you guys take these facts forward, share them with others. I loved them. Best history lesson ever. Thank you. And there are even more facts that I couldn't fit into this segment, but they'll be on KQED Pop in an article. So Mm -hmm. if you are a history buff, go find them. Extra credit reading. Yeah. Yeah. Educating the people. (laughs) Back in 2016. When Ryan Murphy first announced that he would create a series called Feud and dedicate the first episode, the first series, to the drama between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, I was over the moon. Because Mm. whatever happened to Baby Jane, which they're both in, is a great film. I knew that they didn't get along, but I didn't know all the details. So I did some digging. Oh, you did some digging. Yeah. And I found some choice quotes. 
that make Mariah versus JLo look like child's mm-hmm. play. And Bad Blood MP3, you have not heard that <laughs> no. until you hear the details of this. So let's get into it. Before Birdman versus The Breakfast Club. <gasps> put some respect on my name. Mm-hmm. Oh, put some respect on my name. Before uh. Mariah versus JLo. Oh, I don't Ooh. know her. Exactly. Beef. Before Jay Leno versus David Letterman. Ooh, I don't even think I have a quote for that one. Tom yeah. Cruise versus Brooke Shields. I could go Ooh, mm. not get into that. So before all of these bad blood feuds. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what you did there because mm-hmm. Taylor Swift has a song called Bad Blood. About? Blood. And Katy Perry. Yes. <laughs> mm. These would have never happened without Betty Davis versus Joan Crawford. <gasps> Old Hollywood rivalry of ages. You're saying this is like ages. the baseline for all of you? Oh, beyond. Okay. Scandals of ye oldy Hollywood. Ye old. So, fresh off the hit The People versus OJ, mm-hmm. Ryan Murphy has recently announced his new project. It's to be titled Feud. <gasps> Ooh. But, yeah, this is a completely different thing, and it's going to be eight episodes following the rivalry between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Is that deep that it can be oh. drawn out for eight episodes? Oh. Let me tell you. I think they're compressing it into eight episodes, uh-huh. quite frankly. Yeah. But wait, who will play Betty? Glad and- you asked. <laughs> Joan Crawford will be played by Jessica Lange. Oh, okay. cool. And Betty Davis will be played by... Susan Sarandon. I knew you were going to say Susan Sarandon. She's got the same Betty Davis eyes. Betty Davis eyes. You knew we would have to sing something. I don't know that song. I don't know her. (laughs) (laughs) Shady. If you know anything about their feud, which, Jamita, it seems like you don't. I do not, so you need to fill me in. Carly, do you know? I know classic bitches. Ooh. This sounds like the original Real Housewives Yeah, it's so juicy, and I'm going to take you on a shade retrospective. Oh, my God. A shade retrospective, if you will. Yes, of Davis v. Crawford. Oh, my God. All right, so back in the 30s, Joan Crawford was it. Mm-hmm. for MGM. Betty Davis was like an up-and-coming person while Joan was already established. Joan was thought of as, you know, an actress. She did that, but more well-known for her hookups and her beauty. <gasps> Nothing changes in this crazy mm-hmm. business we call show. Yes. So Joan had been with Douglas Fairbanks Jr., mm. married to him. What a stud. Sounds like money. Yep. She had a thing with Clark Gable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, who didn't yeah. back yeah. in the day? I certainly did. Mm. So Betty Davis, on the other hand, was more known for her craft mm-hmm. and not thought of as a traditional beauty. Like if you had a role that was a sex pot, you probably wouldn't go to Betty Davis. Mm-hmm. So the shade begins. Want to hear some quotes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. All right. Joan Crawford says, quote, Miss Davis was always partial to covering up her face in motion pictures. She called it art. Others might call it camouflage, a cover-up for the absence of any real beauty. Oh! Girl. Harsh. On the other side of the ring, (laughs) Betty Davis said that Joan Crawford was a mannequin with eyebrows like African caterpillars. Oh! Which is mild, so I have a a worse one for you after this. Leave the caterpillars out of it. (laughs) What did they do to anyone? Exactly. (laughs) did not ask to be brought into this. Why should she go into the African caterpillars, though? They couldn't just be regular caterpillars. Why does it have to be Africa? (laughs) Racist. Um, She also said, Joan Crawford has slept with every male star at MGM except Lassie. Oh! Bringing dogs into it. Leave the dogs and the caterpillars out of this, ladies. Lassie ain't do nothing to nobody. Mm -mm. Lassie was just over there. Is Lassie even a boy? Joan Crawford was a bisexual, so it's fine. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. So back in the day, you could only work for your studio. So 
they didn't really have to compete for the same roles because Betty Davis worked at Warner Brothers. Mm. So things start to bubble in 1935 when Betty was filming a film called Dangerous with a hot guy named Francho Tone. Mm, oh. He sounds hot. So Betty developed a crush on him. She said, quote, I fell in love with Francho professionally and privately. Everything about him reflected his elegance from his name to his manners. Mm. Ooh, she's hot. Unfortunately for her, Joan got to him first. <gasps> Rumor has it that she invited him over for dinner and she met him naked in the solarium. Ooh. In the solarium? <laughs> this whole solarium naked thing worked mm-hmm. because they soon got married. Oh, I thought you were going to say you just hooked up. Nope. Both. So Betty Davis then said, He was madly in love with her. They met each day for lunch. He would return to the set, his face covered in lipstick. He was honored this great star was in love with him. I was jealous, of course. So where where are all these uh, quotes being captured? Is this the press? Is this personal memoirs? A lot of these are like insiders saying that she said these things. Other things are in later in life interviews. Like in this late in life interview, after Joan had died, this is in 1987, Davis said, she took him from me. She did it coldly, deliberately, and with complete ruthlessness. I have never forgiven her for that and never will. Oh, and she's in the ground at that point. Mm -hmm. Speaking ill of the dead. So Betty was nominated for this role that she did with Francho Tone in Be Dangerous for an an Oscar. And because she was new to the game, she didn't think she would win. So she wore this like very simple navy blue dress. Hmm. According to legend, she ends up winning... Francho leaps up and embraces her. He's so excited. His co-star won. Mm -hmm. Joan was sitting and had her back turned. And Francho was like, Mm. apparently said, darling. And then she turns around, gives Betty Davis a look up and down. And then she says, dear Betty, what a lovely frock. Oh, I wish there was a gif of that moment. I know. So maybe that's why. If there was Twitter back then. (laughs) like, (laughs) Would have been lit. Speaking of lit. I wouldn't piss on her if she was on fire. Oh, my grandmother used to say that, boy. Mm-hmm. And then Joan Crawford at some point in her life said, poor Betty, she looks like she's never had a happy day or night in her whole life. Ooh. Shade upon shade. Ooh. Deadly nightshade. Yeah, there's so much shade that I am getting a vitamin D deficiency. <laughs> I'm bringing you some supplements. <laughs> Thank I'm bringing you some supplements. Some vitamins. So eventually Joan Crawford left MGM and got hired where else? Warner Brothers? Yes. Mm. So now they're competing directly for the same roles. Oh. And Is now, she still married to your boy at this point? They broke up. Okay. Oh. Um, they, it seemed, based on what you t- you said, it sounds like she would marry him just <laughs> as, like... Petty, yes. Angela Kardashian, Black China, <laughs> realness. So <laughs> actually, now you come to say that, who are the modern day equivalents? I'm just trying to desperately cast them in my head as you're speaking. Hmm. I feel like it's not as contentious these days because there's room for everyone these days. Back in the day, especially at a studio, there mm. really is one slot for this woman. And which one is it going to be? One slot, one know. woman. Oh. Where's she going? Is that a point? No, no. <laughs> okay. Like Like we have obviously Angelina and Jennifer, but that's like one moment in time and they don't actually talk about each other. It's very one sided as well. And they don't go for the same roles like these two, actually. Like Mm. Jennifer's like girl next door and Angelina is sex pot. So I guess Angelina would be Joan Crawford. Never the twain shall meet. So, yeah, they were starting to compete for roles. Betty Davis had said, Mildred Pierce, "Mm, pass. I don't want it. Joan is like, I'll take it. And then she won an Oscar for it. Mm. And Betty was not excited about that. So then Hollywood, now and then, Mm. is like, women in their 40s, ill. 
So their careers kind of both went down. But then years later, Joan approaches Betty to star in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, this amazing movie which would have both of them being has-been starlets who are sisters. And it would involve Betty tormenting Joan Crawford's character the entire movie Uh. because Joan Crawford's character is in a wheelchair. And her sister is taking care of her and like offers her dead things to eat. Ooh. And is it's insane and amazing. Can I make a confession? I've never seen Whatever wow. Happened to Baby Jane. It's I don't I've never even heard of never seen it. Happened to Baby Jane. So I'm gonna one up you on that. <laughs> At one. least I know I haven't seen it. <laughs> it is spectacular. We should watch it. So because it would involve Betty tormenting Joan for however long it would take to film, she was like, uh, where do I sign? Let's do this. And Ooh, so she took the bait. Yes. Okay. And as you might guess, the petty shenanigans that went on hmm. were biblical. Hilarity ensued. Capital B biblical. So at the time, Joan had been married to the CEO of Pepsi. So because of this Pepsi association, Betty Davis gets a Coca-Cola machine installed into her dressing room, oh. and she's just like sipping on it. Like <laughs> what? I'm not giving you money. Okay, no. well, I love her for that. <laughs> so in this one scene, they had to physically fight and Joan was like "Uh uh-uh get a body double because I I think she's gonna actually hit me like I don't (laughs) want to do this and so they got a body double but there was one close-up shot where they couldn't do it with a double and Betty saw her opportunity she was in there like a (laughs) heat-seeking missile her foot meets Joan Crawford's head (laughs) when she kicked her in the face (laughs) yeah and (laughs) Joan required stitches and what did Betty have to say to for herself? Oh, my God. I barely touched her. <laughs> so then Joan was like, okay, I need to get even with this bee. So she gets even in a scene where Betty has to drag her across the floor. Because as we've said, Joan Crawford's character is in a wheelchair. Right. She knew that Betty had a bad back. And so she put on, sources differ, but some say a weightlifter's belt made of lead and other people said rocks in her pockets just to make herself heavier, oh to make it harder God. for Betty with a bad back. And Betty with a bad back. Yeah. And apparently it was very hard to do and it like messed up her back and it wasn't a great time for Betty. So I think kicking someone in the head is better though. But oh my gosh. Yeah. It's very real physical anguish being inflicted here. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, I need to prepare myself for this one. This is the <laughs> ultimate, like, shady cherry on top. Uh-oh. So the nominations for Oscars come out for after this movie, which was received really well. They both had stakes in the profits, so they both did really well financially off of playing up their rivalry in this way. And the Oscar nominations come out. Betty gets a nomination for Best Actress. Joan, not so much. Ooh. But she's not going to take it lying down. She contacted every other nominee... And said, if you're not going to be there, let me accept on your behalf. No. So, Oscar night. Betty thinks she's going to win because everyone was talking about it. So much so that reports say when they were about to announce it, she puts out her cigarette, gives her purse to her assistant or whoever. And she's like, all right, I'm ready to talk. I bet she wasn't wearing a frock either. I bet she came Mm -hmm. ready. (laughs) Glitzed. (laughs) And instead they call Anne Bancroft's name. Who wasn't there? Who oh, comes up? No. Apparently shuffles past Betty and says, excuse me, I have an Oscar to collect. And goes up there and gloats. She's like, I'm it's on the stage. rubbing it Well, doesn't in. that just come across as 
desperate. Though. Yeah, it's like you weren't even nominated. Like, why are you oh, here? You like don't when, even go here. It's like when Kanye <laughs> gets up on the stage constantly. Uh-huh. Betty had this to say about the situation. I almost dropped dead. I was paralyzed with shock to deliberately upstage me like that. Her behavior was despicable. I will never forget the look Joan gave me. It was triumphant and clearly said, you didn't win and I am elated. Yeah, I'm on Betty's side here. That just looks desperate. Ditto. I mean, if Betty was a certain kind of woman, she could have tripped her on the way up, but you know. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. And while we're on the quote train, here's some quotes to leave you with. I love okay. the quote train. Shady quotes? Are they <laughs> shady quotes? favorite train. So later in life, she had said these things. Quote, the best time I ever had with Joan Crawford was when I pushed her down the stairs and whatever happened to Baby Jane. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love these How about crazy this one? women. <laughs> why am I so good at playing bitches? I think it's because I'm not a bitch. Maybe that's why Joan Crawford always plays ladies. <laughs> and then this is the best one of all. <laughs> You're not ready for this. Joan was dead at this point. She said, you should never say bad things about the dead. You should only say good. Joan Crawford is dead. Good. Oh, that's mean. And scene. Was it all? I got, first of all, let's just be clear that I'm watching this the series. That's, you definitely that is are. Happening. Definitely. <laughs> um. So I know that they were beefing about Frenchie. I'm just gonna call him Frenchie because mm-hmm. I can't his name. Yeah. They were. <laughs> I know they were beefing about him, but like, were they fighting before that? And why? Like, where's the beef stem from? Where's the beef? It's two alpha women in a day and age where there could only be one. Yeah. Oh, the shine theory. Did not <laughs> did not exist. Teleport and back. Friedman needs to teleport back. <laughs> so wait, and deliver some shine. How much of this was theory. being uh, stoked and exacerbated in the media at the time, or did they just genuinely loathe each other? Judging by those quotes, yeah. that sounds like that was not being stoked. But they're too good. I just wonder. I think they both knew the value of beefing. After she's dead, though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did play it up to a certain degree, like with whatever happened to Baby Jane, the whole premise of that movie is playing up the Mm. fact that they've had this discord in their relationship. What I think is actually the reason why they hated each other so much, allegedly, is because, you know, like when you hate something in someone else, it's like something inside of you that you haven't dealt with. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's going on. And Joan Crawford's daughter, Christina, famously wrote Mommy Dearest. Mm. And then that whole thing happened. And... Joan Crawford left in her will nothing for Christina or her brother. And Betty Davis said, I don't blame the daughter. Don't blame her at all. One area of life Joan should never have gone into was children. I've never behaved like that. Well, I doubt that my children will write a book. Um, before oh, before no. you say that, Betty's daughter wrote a book. Gosh. I mean, that's tempting fate. And after Betty died, left nothing for her daughter. So they're too similar and it they would... can't deal. So I'll be tuning in. Me too. I'm watching. So we'll watch Whatever Happened to Baby Jane and then go right into this new series, eight episodes. Thank you, Ryan Murphy, for reminding me of this feud and bringing it to the people here today. Her hair is hollow gold. Her lips are sweet surprise. Her hands are never cold. So I hope you all enjoyed those bits of history that your high school teacher failed mm. to mention. You know what else is about to be history? Uh-uh. Our mini episode hiatus. Hey. We'll be back with a full traditional episode next week at long last. We're See back. You soon. Talk to you then. <laughs>